You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Ralph Vieira, Dr. Fuck from the band Thrasher Die, and uh, I want to say hello to my friends Ian and Terrence. Hi guys. What's up, doctor? Good day, eh? Uh, everything's cool, uh, nothing's up at the moment, but hopefully she'll come by later and then something will be up. Uh, so, Beauty, eh? so this week we want to talk about Kiss, because... Uh, this is, uh, Kiss is probably, uh, the strongest fan base out there I, I know of, and, uh, I do reviews on YouTube, and I have separate channels, one channel is strictly for Black Sabbath, and Black Sabbath-related, um, bands like Dio and, uh, Ozzy Solo and stuff like that, and, uh, I have one for different bands where I just mix it up and I review everything from... The Beatles to Merciful Fate. And then the third channel is the Almost Human 56, which is dedicated to my KISS reviews. And that is the most popular channel I have. Over 3 million views. Over a thousand something subscribers. I think it's close to 2,000 actually. Uh, They're fanatical. KISS fans are fanatical. And I know that uh, we have to tackle KISS uh, subjects in several of our episodes, and we've done like so many episodes already without talking about Kiss, that I figure, hey man, it's time we talk about Kiss, and I, I can't think of a better way to start a Kiss podcast where the first subject we talk about is the most controversial album they ever released, uh, Music from the Elder. And um, uh, before we get into this album, actually, I'm going to start it off. I'm, I'm going to start it off, and then I'm, I'm going to want you guys... Uh, um, opinions on the elder and Kiss as a whole. Um, me, I'm a child of the '70s, so uh, at my age in 1978, it was impossible to escape the grasp of Kiss. Kiss was like everything to every kid my age back then. They were real life superheroes. I had the posters on my wall. Ace Frehley was always my favorite member, and. Um, I just love the hell out of Kiss. Kiss is, uh, I wouldn't say they were my favorite band back then. Believe it or not, they weren't. It was uh, always Black Sabbath. But I still loved Kiss with a passion. And, uh, you know, I just bought everything Kiss. Then around that type of music and kind of leaving Kiss in the dust. And then when The Elder came out, believe it or not, I did not hear The Elder till 1984. But it was released in 1981. Though I did hear... I remember I saw World Without Heroes, I think on Solid Gold or something back then. And I was like, what the hell? Gene Simmons is crying? And, you know, what, is, what the hell is this video, man? This video is fucking weird with the little bells and stuff. It just it just did not. I mean, come on, man. I was listening to, uh, you know, like Romeo Delight from Van Halen. And, you know, I don't, do not want it. I did not want to hear uh Gene Simmons sing crooning a ballad about world having no heroes. It's like 
probably you know it's it's an it's an early uh, emo song if you ask me, very uh, depressing you know slit your wrist type shit. So I I but then later on in that year I remember I went to a friend's house and he mm-hmm. had the Elder on vinyl, the original pressing uh, and uh, which had the different track listing that uh, is not in order. And he said to me, look, this album is fucking horrible, but it does have one good song. And he did play me the uh, the Oath. And I heard that, and I was like, oh, okay, that's more like it, you know? And then after that, stopped playing. I think I heard a little bit of Just a Boy. And I was like, okay, okay, you can turn it off now. And uh, I never bar- uh, bothered to listen to it. And then uh, back in 1984, fast forward th- uh, three years later, I used to take a bus all the way to one. Uh, well, I live on South Beach. Let's say uh, this this place is like a good fifteen miles away from my house, where I used to go buy records. I took a bus all the way over there, and uh, I bought the Elder on cassette for a buck. And back then, I used to have those cassette Walkmans where I would listen. So I said, "Oh, look, let me buy this weird album and listen to it on my way home." And I put it in my. Uh, my thing, you know, Mr. Metal, uh, you know, I remember I bought, I don't remember exactly what I bought that day other than the other, but I'm sure it was metal. It might've been Venom or, you know, cause I was buying stuff like that at that time, uh, Merciful Fate, and, you know, cause it was a, an import store as well. So while I'm going home, cause all that stuff I bought on vinyl. So as I'm going home, I put on the elder and uh, believe it or not, the, my first listening to the elder, I thought, man, this is a weird album, but man, it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Sure, it's not metal. Sure, it doesn't sound like this, <clears throat> but it's really not that bad. My first reaction to it, I loved it. Uh, and now I love it even more than I did back then. It's one of my favorite albums, one of my favorite Kiss albums, believe it or not. I would definitely put it in my top 10 of, of Kiss albums. Um, very weird. I wish they I wish they did make a movie for it because that this was supposed to be a movie. Uh, that's why they call it Music from the Elder, well, which never happened, unfortunately, because it was such a bomb. And also there was supposed to be a tour for it, too. That didn't happen because it was such a bomb. But in retrospect, I love the Elder and I prefer the the track listing they, that was intended to be which starts with Fanfare and Just a Boy and all that. Uh, I will get into all the songs, but before I do that, I am very curious to hear what <clears throat> Terrence has to say about The Elder and Kiss, his uh, introduction to Kiss. Thank you very much indeed, Ralph. My introduction to Kiss, you can thank my uh, brother, JJ, who's 11 months older than I am. I call him my Irish twin brother. Dynamite! <laughs> Thank you very much. His real his real name is John James, but we call him JJ for short. He was a huge Kiss nut when I was a when he was four, I was three. So I grew up listening to Destroyer Alive Two and Dynasty. And he had the Elder on vinyl in the beginning of '82 that he bought in a yard sale from a neighbor who didn't like it. My brother JJ was like, "What do I think?" He couldn't grasp the album. He was starting to go more into soul and R and B and eventually rap route. And then I. Took a break from Kiss for a while because I was distracted by other bands for a number of years. And then um, in 1988, my second older sister gave me her cassette copy of Kiss Alive 2. And then 
My Love of Kiss began, and I had all their albums on tape by the end of 88, except for Music from the Elder, which at that stage was long out of print. So I had to have a recorded copy for a number of years. And um, then I did not own the album legitimately until February 1991 when I went into a Sam Goody with my mom and my brother. The Elder, well, let's just say it's in my top five favorite Kiss albums of all time. I love it that much. And I like both track listings. And if anyone doesn't like that's their problem. Ian, you take over. Oh, oh, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I, I'm sorry. I, uh, I went into rehab about two hours into Ralph's intro. Oh, uh, and, and, and I've already relapsed. Um, uh, first, uh, my first acknowledgement of Kiss would probably be throwing a bitch fit in a store called Hornsby's in 1978 because uh, I wanted all four of the Kiss dolls, or should I say action figures, uh, and I didn't get any of them. I ended up getting Godzilla, whose arm shot off, uh, and, and and I'm still pissed about that. Uh, and then Kiss totally went off my radar until 85 uh, when I saw the video for Tears Are Falling, and I thought it was like the greatest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. And from that point on, everything was Kiss. I mean, I had to have every Kiss album. Had to find, you know, if Kiss was in any issue of Hit Parader, fucking uh, Metal Edge, fucking Tiger Beat, I didn't care. I had to fucking buy it uh, and learn everything I could about Kiss. And The Elder was this big mystery because you, you couldn't buy it. It was out of print. Uh, the first time I remember seeing it was probably 88. Uh, I was in an import record store with a buddy of mine, Robert Clanton, who used to write for uh, Kiss Assault Force. It was a fanzine he started. They actually thank him in uh, the liner notes for Hot in the Shade. And I remember going there. I didn't have enough money to buy it because it was so expensive because it was an import. But this son of a bitch had the money and wouldn't lend it to me. And I'm like, you are a shitty fucking friend and a shitty fucking Kiss fan. I'm like, because you need to lend me this money so I can buy this fucking album. He goes... No, you don't want it. It ain't even that fucking good. I'm like, no, it's fucking Kiss. I gotta have it. You should understand. I need this fucking album. And he didn't lend me the money. And that's probably why we don't talk anymore. But uh, in hindsight, he did me a fucking favor. But uh, we'll get into that later. So, uh, Ralph, uh, you want to start off this uh, glorious album? Well, yeah, but before I do, I want to say that... um... Uh, the, uh, the reason that you're not friends with that guy anymore, I think the main reason you should you should not be his friend was he was credited on Hot in the Shade. I wouldn't associate <laughs> myself with anybody credited with that piece of shit. <laughs> Jesus, man! I'd sue Kiss if they put my name on that thing. Uh, I'd be That's I'd shit. be I'd be in line with Vinnie Vincent. Okay, so uh, all right, let me start the elder. Uh, all right, the first track is Fanfare. Um, totally pointless, I guess, you know, uh, it's, you know, just to start the whole album, the concept. It's a little pompous. To me, Fanfare, <clears throat> originally the second song in the album for those pre-remaster, um, to me sounds like the intro to Davy and Goliath, the old TV show from the 60s. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm like... Okay, a very interesting one. Then when I heard that fanfare on the remaster, 
Um, there was some Gregorian chants added that were not in the original record. Oh, I, I like that. I did that. I did like. Was Davy and Goliath that 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 claymation cartoon with the dog? Yes, it oh, was. Oh man, that show ruled. It was so disturbing. Like, because because the dog the dog was like, Davy, Jesus loves you, Davy. I don't know about you, but I'm sure somewhere in the Bible <laughs> they say something about it. The animals talk. They're satanic. Davey, Jesus, don't go in that cave, Davey. I I think there was a show where they, they tackle racism, where Davey was racist toward a little black play guy. Davey, you've got to accept all races, Davey. What a really disturbing show. I, I wish I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I'd love to see that again. Uh, oh, so are you done with Fanfare? Um. Actually, um, Fanfare, not a bad instrumental, but not one of the best instrumentals either. I've heard worse. Um, but to open the remaster of The Elder, not bad. Ian, what do you think of Fanfare? All right, so we're starting off The Elder. And uh, now that the uh, Rock and Heavy Metal Combat podcast is the fastest growing podcast amongst our uh, mothers, um, you know, I, like, I need to take this a little bit more seriously. So I started writing notes, you know, cause I, I want to do the best honest review I could. And so I wrote notes for each song. Um, my note for fanfare, uh, says shit, uh, you know, quick and to the point, uh, what the fuck is this? Uh, uh you know, this, <laughs> this is fucking, it, it serves no fucking purpose, but, uh, what an appropriate way to start off this fucking hot turd full of fucking corn and peanuts. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it goes nowhere and, and it ends there too. Sounds like bad Jethro told me it's Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Uh, and, and that's as kind as I'm going to be to fucking fanfare. Um, so who would like to start off track two? Ian, Jesus loves you. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a fan of music of the elder. I don't know, Ian. (laughs) Uh, Just a Boy, I really do like this song. um, And I was surprisingly shocked when I actually saw them play this. Well, actually, just Paul. When I saw the Kiss convention in 95, Paul just sang uh, Just a Boy. It was awesome. He made, like, the crowd sing some of it, too. It was just bad. I love this song. The only problem I do have with it is the falsetto chorus, you know, it's, it's, it is a little, I don't know, pretentious and hokey and whatever, but the solo, which I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it is Paul Stanley, um, is very tasty, it's a great, great solo, I love every note on it, it's, it, the only problem I have with Just a Boy are two things, the falsetto chorus and it's just too short, I think it should have went much longer. Just a Boy. Very good song. Excellent song. Paul's vocals on the verses, excellent. His falsetto did get on my nerves a bit, but so be it. The guitar solo, excellent. And um, one word for, to describe the song, excellent. All right. Uh, Ian? <laughs> all right. First of all, <laughs> saying this song is just too short is like saying, man, I wish my proctologist just would have took his time. Uh <laughs> This is fucking just, this is all wrong. Like, what the fuck is this? What happened to fucking Kiss? This is just, this is just some 
some bad, bad prog rock. This is going in the wrong. It sounds like a fucking really lame Dungeons and Dragons. The whole thing sounds like bad Dungeons and Dragons, fucking Lord of the fucking Ring shit to me. That's what it sounds like. A bunch of trees walking. That's what this shit sounds like. <laughs> the, the the falsetto. Uh, uh, hey Paul, you're not Barry Gibb. Give it up. Uh, you know, BGs know how to do falsettos. Paul Stanley, not so much. Uh, that's a uh, yeah. My, my my biggest problem is it's just too fucking long. Uh, you know, this would <laughs> this would have been a great great four second uh, next. Uh, so, but that being said, I would really love to go first now on uh, track number three, which is Odyssey. Yeah, well, before you do that, Ian, I just want to take a little, uh, uh, you know, to make our show a little interesting. I want everybody out there who hasn't heard it, I have the demo for Just a Boy. So let's uh, let's play this. And I'm uh, Ian, if you leave, I'm going to stop this show. You're going to have to listen to this at full blast. <laughs> because I don't get- I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> no, because that way you'll be a little extra more pissed for the rest of the show. And we, right. need, we need stuff like that. So open your ears, because here is the demo, very poor quality, by the way, of Just a Boy. hurt that didn't fucking add anything to this fucking piece of shit but uh but whoa, 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 wait it gets worse because now we have fucking odyssey odyssey oh my god what kind of andrew lloyd weber fucking 
gay ass and I don't mean gay like in a cool way like Elton John's gonna change outfits five times I mean sad gay like the Republican center that shoves his foot under the fucking stall while you're, you're trying to take a peaceful shit uh, <laughs> this is just fucking horrible I mean I mean uh, th- this this makes me sad that I have I actually have Paul's uh, face um, from the solo album was a patch I had on my fucking denim jacket and uh, you know I pulled the fucking uh, I I I oh I I don't know I don't know I I should have took it off my fucking jean jacket because this shit is just terrible, uh, and it's a cover, it, it's like really really I I mean did you put this cover on there just to make the rest of the album sound better like well at least the shit we write isn't as bad as this fucking song, uh, and 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 what kind of concept album do you have where you put in a cover? Anyway, you should have came up with your own original story. But they found another shitty song by another shitty artist and said, hey, let's put this on a shitty album. Uh, and and then that's what I think of Odyssey. Uh, uh, Ralph, Ralph uh, give me your thoughts on uh, Odyssey. Uh, actually, it, it, believe it or not, it, it probably is my least favorite on here, along with another one. Uh, but I do like it uh, because it's just so weird. And uh, I heard the original version which I don't even know if it was ever released. I think some guy just recorded and gave it to Bob Ezrin. And Bob Ezrin uh, was doing a lot of coke. And uh, I, I I don't... And also the, the whole concept of this album, uh, this was the one song that baffles me. Because uh, it doesn't really... I don't understand how this connects to the storyline. It's, you know, it's talking about, you know, I guess up in space or something. It's like, how does this, like, factor into... The, Story of the Elder. It is a little confusing on the tune, but it's. It, it, I, I like it though. I mean, I like every song on this album, uh, some w- way more than others. And yeah, this one will be probably at the bottom of the list. Uh, not something that I totally love, but I do remember on that bus ride home listening to this and just smiling, going, "What the hell? This is so fucking weird. It's awesome." So uh, that's what I feel about Odyssey. How about you, Terrence? Well, uh, hold on. I, I don't mean to cut Terrence off, but uh, just a little. Uh, don't know if you know this about the album, but originally the cover they were going to put in place of Odyssey was Copacabana by Barry Manilow, <laughs> but they could not afford the publishing since uh, Unmasked tanked so bad. What and do you, uh, what, do you, what do you think of Unmasked, by the way, Ian? Uh, it's better than this fucking shit. I'll okay, tell you that. Now, now we know your opinion don't matter. Okay. Okay. Bye. Uh, but yeah, Copacabana originally, um, and, and it was going to be in the live set too, you know, and, uh, Paul was going to wear a little yellow dress cut up to here and a flower in his hair and all kinds of shit. Uh, but the tour never happened. Uh, but yeah, just a little background on this album. Terrence, what do you think of this great fucking song? I have to stop laughing for a minute and say that Odyssey is an excellent piece. Not my favorite on the album either, but an excellent song nevertheless. Ian, your opinion don't mean shit. Unmasked blue donkey dick. Let's put it bluntly. Thank you. But um, but um, Odyssey, hmm. when I first heard the remaster, I was like, uh, this is interesting. Crossfade from Just a Boy into Odyssey, you know, because I was used to hearing Odyssey open without you know, the crossfade. Um, and an excellent song, Paul's vocal sounding a little Elvis Presley-ish, but not bad. Guitar solo, superb. But um, 
you know, for years before I got the cassette proper in 91 when I had the recorded copy, I thought the song was called Men Along the Way. But I guess I was wrong when I first bought the cassette and saw that it was called Odyssey. Because when I first heard this album, I was given a, a dub with no track listing. But Odyssey, great song. Is, is Odyssey the one, the solo in Odyssey, is it the one that kind of like echoes a little bit or repeats like a dan 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 something like that, and you can tell it tastes freely? Is that the solo on Odyssey? I believe so, yes. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome solo. That, that to me, is the best part of that track. And what a great, great solo, man. I mean, only people with excellent musical taste can notice that. Uh, speaking of somebody just the opposite, uh, Ian, what do you think of uh, Only You? <clears throat> okay, before I get to Only You, I'd like to answer Terrence's comment about uh, Unmasked Sucking Donkey Dick. Uh, yeah, uh, Unmask and Donkey Dick both cost five bucks. The elder you can get for a peso. Uh, that tells you right there. Uh, all right, track uh, four, Only You. Uh, not too bad. This one I actually don't mind uh, until you get the fucking Mr. Roboto fucking uh, <laughs> robot fucking voices. Like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. Now we're going from Dungeons and Dragons to fucking Star Wars. You know, Darth Vader sounds a lot cooler than the fucking robot on here. Uh, you know, I I hear that robot. I think of fucking uh, Twinkie from fucking Buck Riding. Beedy, 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 beedy. You know, fucking horrible. Uh but other than that, it, it, it's an all right song, but uh, they lose me when fucking Twinkie comes in. Uh, so, Twink, whatever. Twinkie? Was that his name, that little robot? Yeah, you beady, 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 beady. They called him Twinkie? Yeah, I do remember that, but I can't or, remember. They called him Twinkie. Twink, Twinkie or no Twinkie? Mel Blank voiced him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and Mel Blank actually turned, they offered him to do the robot voice on the Elder, and he heard the demos and said, no, go fuck yourself. I got a little <laughs> bit of integrity. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm go work on this Buck Rogers thing, because Gil Gerard seems like he's going places. You know? It was a Bugs Bunny movie, actually. He turned it down for it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Terrence got me there. Okay, so uh, Terrence... Um... So that that's the end of Odyssey. Uh, Terrence, why don't you start off? I mean, no, no, only you. Terrence, what do you think of only you? The first song on The Elder, not having a co-writer outside the band, only you, written by Gene Simmons by his lonesome, I think is a killer song, kick-ass. The vocoder thing was a little strange, but then again, I dig strange shit. And then Paul Stanley sings the bridge towards the end of the song, and... To me, the riff just smoking, the vocals, excellence. And uh, the ending of the song, to me, reminds me of an early precursor version of the riff to the, the solo riff to Unholy, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, kind of, you know, if you listen to it carefully, kind of reminds me of an early version of uh, the riff to um, Unholy, although done 10 years before Unholy, but da 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 that riff. And um, only you, excellent sign. Ralph, your opinion. Okay, uh, only you actually goes way back, even before Wicked Lester, when Gene was in a band called Rainbow. And I believe it was called Eskimo Sun. I could be wrong. It was something like that. Uh, which um, they changed around for the Elder, obviously, with lyrics and all that. But uh, Doro Pesh on her solo album, I think just called Doro, 
or maybe yeah, I think it is the album. She covers the song as it was originally intended, uh, the Rainbow version. Uh, what do I think of the song? Again, uh, I think it's a cool song, and uh, yeah, you brought up an interesting part because uh, and when I when I reviewed the Elder, I said that only you that riff. Da -na -na -na. I go that reminds me of later Kiss, but I didn't make the connection with Unholy. There you go. And I think I believe there's also a song on Killers, the compilation, that has a similar riff somewhere in one of those songs. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm a legend tonight or something. Uh, I do like it. I think it's um, I think it's good. And uh, you know, so uh, me and Terrence both agree it's a great song. Ian, only you. Oh no, you already did the review for this one, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, only you are drunk here. That's okay. true. That's true. All right. So, uh, okay, let me start the next one, which is my favorite song off the album. What a great, epic fucking song. Uh, and honestly, if, Ian, you don't like this, you really, really uh, suck. And uh, Under the Rose is kick-ass. Eric Carr wrote this song, and he didn't like it the way it came out. Uh, but Eric Carr doesn't suck. I give him a free pass. Uh, but he intended it to be more uh, rock, and then they just uh, twisted it. Well, you know, you can tell it's a Bob Ezrin thing, but, you know, those those choruses with the elder talking to the boy, will you sacrifice, that to me is the best part of the whole freaking album. I just love that that vibe, and Under the Rose kicks ass, and another favorite part is when, they go under the rose, you know, when they kind of like spread it out for a millisecond. Oh, love under the rose. Best song on the fucking album. Uh, Ian, let's go to you. What do you think of this song? You better like it. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, under the rose. Um, it's okay. Um, when it gets to the fucking, the cheesy fucking monk shit, uh, it, it, it would have been better if they put in, uh, you know, the, the snippet from uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1, you know, the Inquisition, let's begin. You know, that would have been better than the shit they came up with. Uh, let him, you know, like you brought up, Eric Carr uh, had a hand in writing this. When he heard how it came out, uh, he chain-smoked cigarettes till he got cancer and died. Oh, uh, true story. Oh, send, no, your no, hate, hey, send your hate mail to Ian. Hey, hey, blame Philip Morris and fucking Stanley and Simmons, you know. It ain't my fucking... <laughs> fault uh it, it, it's it's all right but i mean you know jesus christ it's, it's it's just another peanut in the fucking turd you know and uh that, that's about all i got for fucking under the rose Ooh, all <clears throat> right um uh, you take it you take it uh terrence under the rose the gene simmons eric Carr collaboration kicks fucking recon ass and ian you suck because you don't like the song i think it fucking rules Oh. Gene's vocal is superb in the verses. Very quiet, relaxed. Something you don't hear from Gene Simmons normally because he was usually growling in some way, stage, or form of the singing. And the uh, the chorus, Ralph said it best, kicks so much ass. And I believe it was multi-track Gene Simmons' voice is singing a la Queen style, the, the monk-type chorus. And done brilliantly, I might add. It sounded very gothic excellent gothic and it, uh, I believe it was either Paul Stanley or Ace Frehley did the guitar solo on that song and an excellent solo 
And uh, the song just kicks ass. The, the music of Eric Carr, the lyrics of Gene Simmons. Perfect song, Marriage Made for Rock and Roll. Ian, I'm sorry, but I love Under the Rose. Thank you very much. All right, Terrence, why don't you uh, go into the next track? Okay. Uh, good, good one, Ralph. Dark Light, my second favorite song on The Elder. Begins with Ace Frehley's homage to uh, Jaws, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, into the excellent song that was co-written by Gene, um, Lou Reed, and Anton Fig. And Ace does lead vocal on this track and lead guitar on this track, and just a kick-ass song. I was used to hearing it in an altered track listing earlier in the record, not used to having it as later in the record, but I've learned to live with it. But an excellent song, Ace just burns on dark light and just, what can I say? Dark light kicks ass. Um, I'll let Ian talk about dark light and then we'll get Ralph to do the last word. <laughs> All right, dark light. Um, as some of you faithful listeners may or may not know, dark light was the original name of our podcast. And I was like, Oh, great, because I hate this fucking song. That's that that's like having a maiden podcast and say, hey, we're going to call it The Angel and the Gambler. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the only thing this song has going for it is it's fucking uh, the solo. I, I, I do love the solo. That's Ace just going fucking batshit. Could probably never play that solo again, you know, if you asked him to. It's probably like a drunk, like, eh, but it sounds fucking great. Uh, but the rest of it, oh, when he's... I, I can see Lou Reed doing this, and I love Lou Reed, but Ace doing it, and, you know, it sounds like little bad raps in between, you know? It's, it's like, I, I thought it was fucking Rapture by Blondie when Fab Five Freddy comes in, you know? Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I get I get shit for liking Unmasked, and I do like Unmasked, except for the three fucking Ace songs I think are horrible, and I think this is another bad fucking Ace song. And I love Ace Fraley. I, I love his solo album. I love the other songs he contributed to Kiss, but this just does nothing for me. And, uh, and I'm glad we're not called Dark Light anymore. Uh, I, I, I wanted us to be called Rock Cox. That's C-O triple yeah. X. And, and nobody out there in podcast land try to steal it because that is the name of my new podcast that does nothing but talk about Bang Tango albums. Uh, <laughs> what, is it, so. what, what, every episode is dedicated to one album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna do four episodes. Uh, very limited, uh, you know, audience, but uh, it should have a cult following. Well, if you want it to last a real long time, each episode should just focus on half a song. There, there you go. There you go. I'm gonna stretch this shit out. Just, just like this album keeps stretching itself out. Yeah, I don't think too much about fucking dark light, but uh, Ralph, maybe you can say something that will change my opinion of this crap song. Uh, I hope not. Um, I love, I love dark light and just, you know, I mean, I know I am a major ace really nut swinger and if he does wrong, I will admit it. And, uh, I am not a fan of uh, three sides of the coin, uh, the song and the podcast. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of, uh, torpedo girl though. I do like that. that, 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 that. I like the riff. Talk to me. is It's okay. It's not that bad. But you, you can see I'm not really biased uh, because it says freely I love uh, Dark Light. No, I love Dark Light because it's a great fucking song. It's a little different. I like uh, 
I don't know if Ace is happy with it because uh, he originally, it was originally called Don't Run. And I think that's, the, you know, he wanted it to be more rock and uh, didn't turn out that way. But yes, to me, I mean, I think Shock Me is the greatest Ace Freely solo. But then I also love Making Love, that solo he does on Making Love. Thing about Ace Freely, all his solos are kind of like a song within a song. They're tasteful. They're awesome. Now, this solo here is a little different. It's more Ace Freely ripping. Like, really, I mean, showing technical fucking Ace. I mean, as technical as he can get. With the fast picking toward the end, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Uh, to me, this would be my probably my second favorite Ace Freely solo he's ever done. Uh, Shock Me being the best one. Uh, Dark Light is great. Uh, highlight, another highlight on this album. Unfortunately, the only song that Ace sings on, but uh, it's a great one. I love Dark Light, and uh, here it is. Here's the demo to Dark Light. It's called Don't Run.
Don't Run, the demo that later turned out to be Dark Light of music for the album. Now, the next song we go on, I believe, was the single for the album, um, co-written by Lou Reed, the guy that totally butchered, well, didn't butcher Metallica. Metallica was butchered enough as it was, but I guess he sliced and diced the pieces that were already butchered with, with that craptacular album called Lulu. Uh, he co-wrote this song, which is weird, because he's a Rolling Stone darling, Rolling Stone magazine darling, and Kiss is like kryptonite to Rolling Stone magazine. But he co-wrote this song, and I understand there is a version of uh, A World Without Heroes out there with Lou Reed singing it, yet I have yet to hear it, but Cher has covered it on one of her solo albums. Uh, I do like this uh, song. I didn't at first when I was a kid because I didn't know better, um, but I think it's a great song now. And uh, I think the solo is my favorite Paul Stanley solo, which he doesn't have many solos. But I just love uh, the solo on the song. And, and I loved when he did it acoustically, when I saw him live, played acoustically. It was kind of like the highlight of the whole unplugged session. After he was done with the solo, everybody was fucking cheering where Gene just had to wait for everybody to stop cheering so he can finish the song. World Without Heroes is a great, great song. But it was a horrible single for a horrible time uh, to release a single because everybody was listening. Anybody that was a Kiss fan before The Elder wanted to hear stuff that was more metal, not, you know, this little mellow ballad of uh, almost like despair of this young kid wanting to serve the Order of the Rose, but, you know, just looking at the world very bleakly. That's how I, that's what I get out of this song. Uh, but it's a great, great ballad. I love it. I love Gene's voice also on it. Uh, Ian, what do you think? <laughs> All right, I, I will say this. I love this fucking song. I think this is by far the best song on the album. Uh, Gene sings great on it. Uh, I, just, I have nothing bad to say. The first time I ever heard this... Uh, I called Ralph's mom. I said, hey, what are you doing Saturday? She said, hey, come over around 5. My son will be in front of the TV watching Solid Gold, and uh, we'll have some time. And uh, in between his mom asking me if the check was good, uh, I heard the vocals, and I was like, hey, this is a pretty good fucking Kiss song. Uh, I, I, I love it. To me, it's the, the – well, I, I take that back. There, there's two songs I, I love on this album, but this is by far my favorite Kiss song on the album. Uh, the, nothing bad to say. I, they did a great job at Unplugged, and uh, I wish it was still in the set list. It's different, but uh, just great vocal by Gene. Terrence, what do you think? World Without Heroes. Excellent, excellent song. Um, I concur with you two bastards. Uh, written by Gene Paul, Bob Ezrin, and Lou Reed. I first saw this video on, believe it or not, America's Top Ten with the late, great Casey Kasem which was preceded by a hilarious interview with the four members of KISS, which is on YouTube. Like a butterfly. And, yes. And Ace really goes, it's about a boy, a very special boy, <laughs> describing the elder. And the video for A World Without Heroes was actually directed by the same dude that directed the video for Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, Bruce Gowers. Interesting. Because, you know, I was, cause I was watching the video, I was like, sheesh, this has got to be a Bruce Gowers creation and it turns out it was shot by that same dude that shot bohemian rhapsody and um the song is excellent ace fairly doesn't play on it but in the video plays an acoustic guitar 
because the rest because on the actual recording it's Paul, Gene, Bob Ezrin, and Eric Carr, and just an excellent song, beautiful, and um, and I laughed when Gene cried at the end of the video. I think that was funny.
that was the first song I heard off the other. Uh, the second song I heard off the other is this song, which I explained earlier. Uh, my friend playing me it, saying this is the only good song on the album. Well, actually, it turns out this is the only metal song on the album. Very heavy. Almost Iron Maiden-ish with the gallop. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I love The Oath. I made a video for it, which happens to be the most viewed <clears throat> video on my Almost Human channel. I think it's up to 300,000 views. That I'm not sure, but I guess if you go on YouTube and you punch in Kiss The Oath, it, you know, it, the first video you see will be uh, the, the one I made. Um, All those views are by Paul Stanley, by the way. <laughs> okay. And, and Terrence. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy that did the Bohemian Rhapsody video, just to get, you know, tips of how to really make a video. And uh, uh, I love this song. Again, you know, a little, uh, uh, just a, a tinge, a little bothered by the chorus, the, the both Gene and Paul doing kind of the falsetto thing. But no, nah, I mean, it's okay. The song kicks so much ass, I'm, I'm willing to overlook that. Uh, they did do it on the last cruise, which I saw a video of it. That actually wasn't bad. And I'm the first one to tell you how Paul sucks so bad now singing. But actually, I thought he carried that song pretty good. But then again, Gene helped him a lot. Um, the Oath, awesome, awesome song. Uh, they the, This was... Um, also played live, one of the three songs played live in that period on that show Fridays, which I remember I did see back then. Uh, I did see that that actual episode air, and uh, I already heard The Oath by that time, and I don't recall seeing them play I back then. Maybe I fell asleep or something before, because that was toward the end of the show. But um, I love The Oath. It's a great, great song. It was the opening of the, of the version that I originally heard. Uh, I think it's a great rocking tune. What do you think, Ian? Oh, uh, okay, music. Um, I agree with you about you know has the uh, the maiden gallop you know to it. And uh, what's funny enough, when I I was listening to this before we did the review, and all I got in my mind is this vision of Paul Stanley and Bruce Dickinson in tights, like on horses racing against each other, like fencing. You know, oh. only gayer, if you can imagine that. Uh, and then there's portion. It, once again, it sounds like bad Broadway. You know, this is some fucking Rodgers and Hammerstein, fucking Andrew Lloyd Webber, fucking, I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's parts of it that are great, and then, then the other parts <clears throat> of this remind you it's a shitty song on a shitty album. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Just yeah, I, This fucking boat sailed without me, that's for goddamn sure. But uh, I'm sure Terrence disagrees. So, Terrence, uh, what do you think of this fucking craptastic song, The Oath? I think it fucking rules. Of course you do. Oh, piss off. Okay. The Oath, fucking, what a way to open the original version of the Elder album, which is how I first heard it, like Ralph. And I just played this song to death because to me it has that, it's just a killer song, the the Gallop, which actually wasn't originated by me. It was actually, I believe, originated by Zeppelin on Achilles' Last Stand with John Paul Jones playing that eight-string bass the on Achilles' Last Stand. So John Paul Jones should take credit for that. Um, but The Oath, kick-ass. Fucking Paul singing on the verses, superb. The, the musicianship on the song just rocks. And um, the live version on Fridays equally impressive 
And um, then again, Ian has um, taste in certain bands that I don't have taste in. But um, in my view, the oath gets my oath. Kick fucking ass. Ralph. Yeah, I, I would like to say that, you know, you brought up an interesting point that, John, you know, you should give credit instead of Maiden to Led Zeppelin for Achilles' last stand. But if you really want to get technical, let's go even further. It's, you know, the, the theme song to Bonanza. All right, then now we got uh, Mr. Blackwell, which I feel... Uh, I like this one a lot. I don't know. I have this weird feeling. Ian really hates this one. I don't know why. But, uh, I, well, I think it's a really good song. I think it's dark. It's kind of like, you know, I wish they would have made this movie. I bet this would have been the best character in the movie. He seems like a fucking asshole. And uh, uh, it looks like, you know, he would have kept uh, the, the just a boy on that, on that island they escaped from later. Um I noticed the second verse starts kind of like calling Dr. Love, where Dr. Love is, even though I'm full of sin, in the end you'll let me in. Where this one it says, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sinner who just likes to sin. I'm a fighter who just likes to win. Uh, they, they just start off the second verse with the word sin. So I always got that vibe uh, from this song. Um, great, great song. Very weird. Um, and yeah, very hokey, but... You know what? And it's cheesy, but sometimes I like cheese. I Sometimes I like a triple topping of mozzarella, and this one delivers it. I like Mr. Blackwell. How about you, Mr. Ian? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the words hokey and, and, and cheesy. And I would just like to mention, like, you know what's harder than following this fucking rambling podcast? It's following the story of the fucking elder. Like, all of a sudden, oh, the bad guy's name is Mr. Blackwell? I mean, you, you couldn't come up with a better name than Mr. Blackwell? And anytime I hear that, I think about the old queen who used to tell you what people wore and if it was fucking cool or not, you know? And this is just, it's a typical Gene uh, demon song. You know, this is like the demon song. This is the God of Thunder. You know, this is the, the mean Gene. But it, it just seems very mailed in. Very spoon, moon, and June lyrics. As long as it rhymes, who matters if it fucking makes sense? Uh, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's better than a lot of this shit on this album. But uh, it, it just another one seems out of place. This whole concept is very weak and very ill-conceived. And uh, I, I would have loved to have seen a movie because it would have been probably equally as shitty and nonsensical, and we could have reviewed that too. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's what I think about Mr. Blackwell. Uh, but I'm sure Terrence loves it, you know? So. I do. All right, here we go, Terrence. Tell me why I'm wrong. Mr. Blackwell, excellent sign. Begins with some weird droning sound effects, and then all of a sudden, the clank, clank. And then multi-track Gene singing those brilliant lyrics. I'm just a sinner who just loves to sin. I'm just a fighter who just loves to win. That's the second verse, but you all know what I mean. And You're right, the chorus, those, those are brilliant lyrics. <laughs> very Dylan-esque. <laughs> and then the, the, the chorus is a punchy, excellent. And then my favorite part of the song has to be Ace Frehley's guitar solo, which was unusual. It kind of reminded me of Strange Ways in a way with the 
the phasing flange going through the guitar and the Hendrix type guitar solo, which always blew my mind. And um, what can I say about um, Mr. Blackwell, the next one song, Ace Frehley's second best moment of guitar playing on the album. The first was uh, Dark Light, but this is his second best solo on the album as far as I'm concerned. And what else can I say about Mr. Blackwell? But excellent song, and it's, I think they might have named the character after that um, fashion critic who now is no longer with us. Thank Christ. But, um, oh, yeah, because he, yeah, he, he heard this song and hung himself with a very decorative tie. Well, screw that son of a bitch. Mr. Blackwell is now rotting. Actually, he's rotting in hell. Anyways, this is the song, and I will lead into the next song myself because it segues into the excellent instrumental, Escape from the Island, which was an Ace Frehley, Eric Carr, Bob Ezrin jam, basically. And it was just Ace, Bob, and Eric on the song. Eric playing some killer drums, Bob Ezrin on bass, and Ace on all the guitars. And Ace's guitar solo on this track is... Actually, it's tied with Dark Light is my favorite Ace Frehley moment on the album because he's just shredding all over the place. And Eric Carr proved himself to be a worthy successor to Peter Chris on this track because his drumming was just so John Bonham-esque. It was like John Bonham joining Kiss after Buddy Rich left Kiss. And Escape from the Island, what can I say? Excellent instrumental. I wonder what Ralph thinks of Escape from the Island. Uh, I think Escape from the Island is very close to being my favorite song on the album. Uh, just by Under the Rose uh, just beats it by a little, little bit. But I love Escape from the Island. And I've seen a lot of people online complain about the siren in the song. And I'm like, man, to me, that siren makes the song. It just sounds so cool, that siren going on with that, you know, hard rocking instrumental. Um, again, yeah. I love it, I guess, because I'm such a Ace really nut swinger. Just to hear Ace do an instrumental that kicks ass like this, kind of like why I love the acorn is spinning so much as well. Uh, I just love uh, this song. This song is uh, almost tied for my favorite song off the album, Escape from the Island. I wish I could have seen them play this live. How about you, Ian? Uh, <clears throat> this is actually tied with uh, World Without Heroes is my favorite track. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's totally fucking out of place. Makes no sense in the fucking album, but I love it. Uh, you know, Eric Carr had to be finally having fucking fun because he's like, oh, I thought I joined a hard rock band, not fucking Manhattan Transfer, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, and I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar, Ralph, but there's a, there's a talk show in Central Florida called Monsters of the Midday, and uh, this is their outro of the show every day because they're huge Kiss fans. And uh, the the outro is Escape from the Island. No. I love it. I I love the sirens. I love everything. I mean, if more of the albums sound like this, you know, it would have been great. You know, it's great to hear Eric Carr get to go off because, as everybody knows, unless you're just like a total fucking kiss nerd that can't, uh, you know, admit the truth, Eric Carr is by far the best drummer Kiss ever had. Amen. Uh, uh, and not to say that I don't love Peter Chris because I look at Peter Chris as like almost the Charlie Watts of the band. You know, Charlie Watts is not, uh, you know, Keith Moon, but he has that solid backbeat that you want to hear with the Stone song, the same way I think Peter Chris was with Kiss. 
But when they got Eric Carr, I mean, that took them to another level where, you know, it allowed them, you know, the next album to go metal, to actually, you know, keep up with somebody who can play fucking double bass uh, on the drum. And uh, just in- incredible. There, there should have been more of this. And, and maybe, I, you know, I wouldn't have such a snide review. But I do love Escape from the Island. So uh, I think I think uh, later Kiss, when I used to go see Kiss, I say from Asylum all the way up to, uh, uh, not Asylum, uh, Animalize all the way up to uh, even Hot in the Shade. I always thought the best part of Kiss shows was always Eric Carr's drumming. And I was saying this back then when, when he was alive. I'm not saying this because he died. But I used to love his drum solos. Every year it was different. And it was entertaining. And I'm not a big fan of drum solos. But he was such an amazing, amazing drummer. One of the greatest Kiss sound, uh, sounds ever is the bombastic drum sound on uh, Creatures of the Night, which it still perplexes me why, why they didn't keep that sound for Lick It Up, which was weird. Though Lick It Up is a great album. Eric Carr was a monster drummer, an incredible drummer. And that being said, I like Peter Chris more. I'm sorry, but there's something about Peter Chris's jazzy type drumming back in the early albums and you know the the you know the hundred thousand years off Kiss Alive, that drum solo, I, and that little short drum solo on God of Thunder Alive too. I just love Peter Chris's style more because it was more Buddy Richish, I guess you can say. Uh, it was a little more unique. Where Eric Carr was a little more in the pocket, but still, like I'm saying, you know, I, I had to like praise Eric Carr just to make it sound like I don't like the guy. I just thought. He was an incredible drummer. Uh, I liked the way Peter Chris played the old Kiss songs better than Eric Carr. I'm sorry to say, Eric Carr sped it up too much. And I don't think it was his fault. I think uh, Kiss made him play it faster. But Eric Carr, what an incredible, incredible drummer. And it's a damn shame I never got to meet him. Heard he was very nice to all his fans. But uh, I do agree. He's a practical joker. Yeah, he's a practical joker. And. Uh, it's a shame, you know, see all the videos. He seemed like a really cool guy, funny guy. It's a shame. Uh, the funniest thing I ever heard Eric Carr say, and this is on YouTube, and I heard this recently for the first time. They asked him about Vinnie Vincent. They said, uh, so what's up with Vinnie Vincent? This is around the time Vinnie Vincent first disappeared after the invasion didn't work out. And Eric Carr said, oh, I heard he's trying out for the role of the sequel of E.T., <laughs> to me, hilarious. Because yeah, he does look like ET, Vinnie Vincent. Anyway, okay, so let's lend, let's end this uh, review with the last track, and I'll start it off. Uh, I the most probably the most Kiss like song, kind of a shout it out loud type vibe with the singing being switched. And I love when Kiss does this. I love when Gene and Paul uh, switch singing because that, that's why I love. Uh, Shout, I love Shout Out Loud. I love, uh, what's another one they did later on? Uh, it's My Life. No, It's My Life is actually Gene and Ace. Uh, I love, but there's songs uh, that Gene and Paul like switch back and forth, which I do love. I can't God think. Gave Rock. Okay, God Gave Rock and Roll to you, which, uh, well, I'm not a huge fan of that one, but I like it more than I. I am not a big fan of, believe it or not. I mean, I don't hate it. But it's kind of like, to me, um, it's weird because it's the most Kiss-like song, but yet it's the one song that I'm like, 
Uh, I'd have to put this one down there with Odyssey, though. I do like I I I'd actually put Odyssey. I definitely put Odyssey above this because of the solo alone. Uh, but I, you know, it's whatever. You know, I guess it's the big ending. Though there was supposed to be a sequel to The Elder. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. I think it was called, what was it called, Terrence? Like, War Against the Worlds or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it was. there was supposed to be a, a sequel to Elder, but it never happened. Um, but I is uh, my least favorite off the album, though. It is the most Kiss-like. Uh, don't like the snapping fingers. And... Um, that's all I got to say about the eye. How about you, Terrence? I isn't bad, but not one of my favorite Kiss songs either. But I do like it. I prefer the live version on um, Fridays by a long shot because Eric Carr got to drum on the live version, and on the studio version, he was replaced as well as Odyssey by Alan Schwartzberg, who played on Gene's solo album, and um, you know, and they did a video for I for promotional purposes, which didn't air much because the album The Elder tanked. Um, but not a bad sign, but not my favorite on the album either. But still better than anything that's out today by a long shot. I'd rather listen to this than any fucking Miley Cyrus bullshit. It does, Ian, it, you... it does perplex me how they didn't use Eric Carr on the drums for this song, and yet you listen to the Friday's version, and he was more than capable of playing this song correctly, but they said, oh, he didn't fit the vibe in the studio. Well, shit, he fit the vibe live, which is weird. Absolutely. And, that, and that video was pretty much, you know, they didn't really make a video for it. They just got a bunch of footage of old Kiss clips, and they wedged it between the door opening and the door closing and the, and the table that you see in the, the gatefold. But I love that video, by the way. I think it's really cool that they made a video for it, and they – Put they they bookended it with uh, the album cover and the album artwork. All right, and, Ian. Oh, you had something to say, Terrence? Yeah, and on the edited version of I, they removed the word and the balls to stand alone to say and the guts to stand alone because in those days saying balls meant per, a profane term in those days. Why, I don't know. I did not know that. What is the video? Do they say guts? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm going to pay attention next time. Uh, Ian, uh, I gotta agree with you. This is probably the most Kiss sounding song on the album, and I also agree. I have no idea why they didn't let Eric Carr play on this. That being said, Alan Schwartzberg is probably my fourth favorite Kiss drummer. <laughs> uh, you know, but why couldn't you let Eric Carr do this? Uh, love Eric. I wish I could have got to meet. There's three members of Kiss. Uh, that I don't have autographs from. And that's Eric Carr, Mark St. John, and Tommy Thayer. But Tommy Thayer did bring me some jalapeno poppers at a TGI Fridays <laughs> in 1988 in uh, Orlando, Florida. So I kind of met him. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I, I, what kills it for me is the fucking lyrics. Uh, very cheesy. And, you know, it's all like, oh, it, it sounds like a fucking after-school special. You know, uh, anti-drug, anti-alcohol. you know alcohol. And as a drug addict and alcoholic, I found that very, you know, offensive. Uh, you know, and, and once again, fits nowhere within the non-concept of this shitty fucking concept album. Uh, I, I, mean, this, I mean, there's a lot of concept albums you listen to and they make sense, you know. 
uh, you know, Operation Mind Crime, uh, The Wall, you, you know. The Lamoy's Down on Broadway. Oh, there goes your fucking Genesis again. Uh, <laughs> I, I do love that album, though. But yeah, but but I mean, this one really, I mean, I mean, ca- calling this a concept album is like calling fucking uh, open up and say ah fucking concept album. You know, it's about that in depth with the fucking story. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's an all right song, but uh, uh, what a craptastic ending to a craptastic album. Wait, there's more. Yes, the go ahead. Track at the, the hidden track at the very end of the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, with the bad Jimmy Stewart. Oh, he, he's got the light in his eyes. And <laughs> every time a bell rings, an angel gets his things. You know, I, I thought it was the fu- I thought it, the first time I heard this, I thought it was on Golden Pond. I was waiting for fucking, uh, you know, fucking Catherine Hepburn. You clumsy poop. You know, you know, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Terrence. I tried to forget the fucking outro. But uh, yeah, give your opinion. Anyways, the outro to me is just an excellent sort of outro to to the album. Basically, saying the elder is like, I think he's gonna you know, come out swinging and he's going to go out and become a champion and kick everyone's motherfucking ass around the block. Ian, what do you think of the outro to the elder? Well, he, he already said it. Uh, what I think it was, it kind of leaves uh, uh, me with like, you know, it's supposed to be a cliffhanger because, you know, all the elder is about because he, Ian is too dumb to, to follow along. Uh, the elder is <laughs> about the training of a boy you know, to join the Council of the Elder and then, you know, fight evil. And uh, the uh, music from the Elder, this album is all about his training, and it ends with, okay, he's ready to go kick some ass. And then the next album was uh, something, War, War of the Worlds or some shit like that, where he was supposed to fight the evil empire, but since it flopped so hard, and there's too many Ians on the planet, uh, they, it just didn't... Um, it just didn't... Uh, uh, go forward, but, you know, uh, I'm fine with that, because Creature yeah. of the Night was a, an amazing album that got me back into Kiss, because my friend came by with the cassette. This was before I heard The Elder, by the way, which I, I described later. I didn't hear The Elder till 84. My friend brought over Creature of the Night the year it was released, which was 82. He brought over the cassette, and I told him, don't put it on. I don't want to hear it. Check out Whatever the hell I wanted him to hear, you know. I think it was Raven, actually, if my uh, memory serves you correct. But, you know, he ended up putting it on anyway. And uh, opening track, Creature of the Night. This ain't a Creature of the Night review. It's, uh, I was capping off the, the Kiss thing. But when I heard the song, Creature of the Night, I was like, fucking A. Hello. Now, this is, like, heavier than any Kiss I ever heard. And then I said, okay, keep it on. And then, you know, uh, Saints and Sinner, Rock and Roll Hell, Danger. Keep Me Coming, uh, I Love It Loud. All that stuff uh, was just so good. And then it ended with War Machine, which is still my favorite track off the album. And that got me full into Kiss again. And then I went to go see that tour uh, where it was Vinnie Vincent, which I was pissed off because on the way there, the radio said, oh, Ace Frehley got in a car accident, so he won't be playing tonight. But they got to fill it. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, because this was pre-internet, but, uh, you know. And I think they did that on purpose so people don't go to the show. You know, it was in West Palm Beach Auditorium with the Plasmatics, and Plasmatics blew my mind. Ran out and bought their album the next week. And then I saw a Lick It Up tour, 
And I love that album a lot, except for the title track. That title track can go to hell. And uh, then I saw every tour after that. But, you know, I mean, I never missed a Kiss tour till, well, recently. I don't go to Kiss anymore, but that's a whole other subject. Fuck the scabs. I did see them last year, actually, and it was horrendous because uh, it was a short show and Paul sounds like fucking ass. So that's, uh, we, we will discuss a lot more Kiss because there's so many fanatics out there that want us to talk about Kiss. And hey, man, leave a comment. What what next Kiss album you want us to talk about or era or whatever, and we'll do it. To sum up, music from the Alder is my, in my top five favorite Kiss albums of all time. Number one, Rock and Rollover. Number two, Destroyer. Number three, Creatures of the Night. Number four, I probably have to give the edge to uh, Out of the Hell. Number five is the Elder studio album-wise. And um, I'm forever grateful for this album. And uh, it's a Kiss album I don't get sick of. And um, my other closing statement is screw Scab Kiss, screw Fake Fraley and Cheater Chris. There's only one Ace, one Peter. And one Eric Carr, rest his glorious soul. And um, thank you all for watching. And um, I'll let you two clowns say goodbye. All right. Uh, my final closing on the uh, the Elder. Yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, it, it's probably my top 50 Kiss albums. And, uh, you know, because there's a lot of compilations that are better than this album. Uh and, you know, you guys think you know it all, but they actually did make a movie based on music from the Elder. It was called Beastmaster but, <laughs> with uh, Mark Singer. Uh, not, not to be confused with Eric Singer, but it had a more cohesive story. Uh, I mean, w- what a downfall of this band that started out so great and so original, and they just got caught in their own trappings, their own success. And... and you know, it's kind of like you can see the same thing happen with a band like Metallica. You know, like I almost see, like, you know, Kiss had Dynasty and they had the Black Album, you know, to try to be everything to everybody. And then Kiss had Unmasked and they had Load and Reload. And Kiss had The Elder and they had St. Anger. Uh, you know, just two bands like totally clueless of what their fans want and, and what's expected. But I think once you get so big... Uh, you lose focus, you lose hunger, and this is a prime example. And, I, you know, I feel really bad. A lot of people might not know this, but I was real close with Kiss at the time of the recording of this album. And, uh, you know, Ace called me up. He's like, Eck, Curly, I don't know. I don't know if I like this album. And, and I was like, well, you know what? Uh, you know, send me some demos. He sent me some. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It kind of sucks. I was like, why don't you, you know, drink a couple of bottles of champagne, get behind the, the wheel of your DeLorean, and go for a drive, see if you like it better then. And um, so, and we all know his answer, you know, thanks to fucking rock soldiers. Uh, you know, and if Kiss wants to play their card game now, they got to do it without an ace in their deck. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a horrible album. I, I kind of look at this as. Uh, this is where you separate the Kiss fans from the Kiss fanboys, because it's it's kind of like you know your best friend brings over his newborn child who has like a cleft palate, a lazy eye, uh, doesn't have legs but has four arms, and you're like, oh no, it's real cute, you know. Uh, that, 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 
That's how I was when I heard this album. I knew it sucked, but I was such a fucking kiss nuts ringer. I was like, it's not that bad, but it really is that bad. If this if this album was put up by any if this band was this album was put up by Poison, nobody would fucking like it. But because Kiss did it, it gets a fucking pass. And if if you can't admit that, if you can't really look in the mirror and say the only reason I like this shit is because it's a Kiss album, uh, you're a fucking Kiss fanboy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm really good friends with two Kiss fanboys, and we have a podcast. Uh, Damn straight. (laughs) That is uh, my closing argument on this uh, craptastic album and this, uh, er, you know, music from the elder, like I like to call. in through the outdoor part two. Uh, okay, but, uh, we, we we are aware that in through the outdoor is your least favorite Led Zeppelin album. But is Elder your least favorite Kiss album? Ooh, would you that, would you put any Kiss album under the Elder as even worse than the Elder? Um. Wow, you know that that's a, that's a tough call because I think even Sonic Boom sounds more like Kiss. Okay, than, all right, all right. Than, than, you than, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know. I right, know. I'm going to bring up some albums and you tell me if they're better or worse than the Elder. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, yeah. Hot in the Shade. Worse. Better. Oh. Oh. <laughs> crazy, crazy nights. Better. Horrible. Um, Carnival of Souls. Way better. Uh, Not bad. Sonic, Sonic, boom. Woo! Son, Sonic, boom by a cunt here. Uh, Peter Chris's solo album. Uh, th- this album makes Peter Chris's solo album sound like Ace Fraley's solo album. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did I hear that right? Are you actually judging? You're saying that Peter Chris is better than the Elder? The 78 uh, album? I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that might kind of be the sugar papa likes, you know. Okay. All right. Thank thank you so much, Ian, for saying that. Now everybody knows that your opinion really is fucked up. I know. And, and I welcome all comments. And Ian, uh, why don't you plug that beer you're drinking? Because, you know, if it, if it fucks you up that much, I'm sure there's a lot of beer drinkers out there that would like to get as fucked up and, and unreasonable as you. Okay. Well, um, you know... Uh, there's a lot of legal reasons I can't mention what exactly I'm drinking, but I would like to thank this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Bob. Uh, when you have a court-appointed uh, AA sponsor, Bob's a good one to have, uh, and he doesn't work weekends, which is great for our schedule. Uh, so, you know, if you have to go to AA, thanks to the judge, pick Bob. Oh, God, that's, that's, a great, that's a great plug there, Ian, being that he hasn't helped you one bit. And uh, I'd also like to thank our other sponsors, Davey and Goliath. What do you think, Goliath? I think this was a good podcast, Davey. And Ian doesn't know jack shit about music, Davey. (laughs) Terrence is TJR Rock Sponge and Dr. Funk are the kings of Kiss, Davey. And it's better to listen to them than Ian the Flimwad, Davey. (laughs) I agree. Thank you very much, guys. Now, Ralph, take over. You're a dog. Dogs don't talk. Especially telling me to love Jesus. You're a freaking dog. You're Satan. That's not true, Davey. I love Jesus. I just hate Ian. So, so uh, close it off. Hold on. I, I can't. 
are you trying to do a retarded dog voice or is that the chorus from under the rose i'm, 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 I'm getting confused here i've been drinking a little bit all right hey ian i know you can't mention the beer but why don't you say what it sounds like like is it kinakin or you know pores or cud visor uh, it rhymes with Rolling Rock. Oh shit! Cats out the bag. Ouch. <laughs> We're out of here, but I am gonna play one more song on the podcast. Uh, and uh, one thing I did not mention was uh, there are a bunch of demos that didn't make the album. I'm gonna run through it real quick. Uh, Deadly Weapons is one. Nowhere to Run, which came out on Killers. Kicks for Kids. Um, Council of the Elder, which is instrumental. Uh, uh, difference between man and boy. Uh, every every little bit of your heart. I think that was um, uh, a song on there. Um, or whatever. And uh, but you know, and there's a bunch more. But I want to leave you all with the version of "It's My Life." Very poor quality, but he gave this to Wendy O. Williams, and then they re-recorded it during the Psycho Air uh, Circus days. Uh, which is uh, seen on the box set, which is a great, great version. But here is the version of It's My Life that was uh, recorded around the time of The Elder and Creatures of the Night, actually. So uh, leaving you off, see you guys, and uh, till next time, goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara.